Will all youth please stand? In the balcony too, I can see you. I would like to thank those who brought at least two friends today and don't forget to come out with your friends on Friday youth night at 8 p.m. in the CDC. We will be down for Christmas break and we look forward to seeing you all on Friday, January 8th at 8 p.m. in the CDC. And will all parents of youth please stand for Moana and youth. All stand, please. All stand, okay. Please, I... Please get your children to church on Friday, Wednesday, on Sunday for youth night, junior core on Wednesday, and for Sunday. Because as you can see with Nicole, we all can say that it benefits you greatly, and it doesn't leave you. Okay, thank you. And the next voice that you will hear after the youth choir will be our very own senior pastor, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon, Sr., our Bible teacher, spiritual leader and man of God. Thank you. Oh, things are working for my 
thank you, praise you, and exalt you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And God, you have said in your word that every knee shall bow. We choose to bow now. We thank you for your Lordship. Work, work with us through your word. Convict, convince, if need be, convert. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Come on now. 
Crazy. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. This morning, I want to challenge your hearts. Last week, we dealt with confusion. Our operative word was C for confusion that God is not the God of confusion. Where there's disorder, division, defiance, dysfunction, amen. God is not in the midst. Amen. He's a God of peace. Isn't that right? Amen. This morning, we're going to challenge your hearts around another C called collateral damage collateral damage is typically a military term that uh, where we are incapable and unable to measure fallout military strategists gather intelligence prior to ordering an evasion against an enemy. And this intelligence helps them to develop an entry plan and an exit plan, which has measured, and I repeat, measured ramifications. They can measure uh, troop concentrations, equipment, ammunition. Um, they have a lot of information that they use to anticipate an attack. However, the one area that military strategists can never predict or measure is what we call collateral damage. That essentially is the fallout from this battle. It is the unseen effects, it is the unknown adversities, it is the unexpected afflictions that come as a result of warfare. Too often we hear politicians on television trying to act tough and they will give you the impression that they got it all together. They don't. Because you don't go in unless you have an exit plan to come out. Can I get a witness? And, and there are certain immeasurable, certain things you cannot, in fact, predict. And spiritually, in a similar sense, um, there, there is a fallout factor, um, an unmeasured initiative which faces all of us. And we read it in your hearing where Galatians 6 says, For God is not mocked. The word mock means God is not made fun of. God is not taken for granted. Whatsoever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. It is the sowing and reaping process. And typically, it's in the context of Galatians 6 of giving. Can we get that straight? It's in the context of giving. As you give, God says you will reap a blessing. But it also... 
uh, has a connotation of the flesh and the spirit, that whatever we do, and we're sowing every day, every time we sow, we can only expect back what we've sown. You can't, you can't sow an apple tree and expect oranges to come up. You, you, can't, you can't sow disobedience and expect God to bless you. And, and, and so with that law, and that is, listen, that is a universal law of the harvest, that whatever seeds we're putting in are the same growth that's going to ultimately come out. And, and, and so one of the things that we want to look at this morning, using three of our great patriarchs, is the fact that uh, as, as we are in this war with uh, Satan, this great conflict, and as we are carrying inside of us our human histories and our flesh, our fractures, our, our foolishness, our failures, our faith, our fallen fellowships, amen, one of the things that we want to look at this morning is that we cannot measure all of the collateral damage that ultimately will hang in there with us, spread, amen, uh, uh, it, it, uh, we cannot uh, determine the fallout of what we do, what we say, how we live, how we give, how we forgive, that all of those things come under this umbrella uh, of the Word of God. Now let me throw this at you so that we can uh, kind of expedite through this information. Number one, Jeremiah uses a metaphor in, in the book of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah says, where the carcass is, the eagle will follow. And the carcass is sin, and the eagle is God's judgment. Are y'all listening to me? So wherever sin is, God has already released the eagle to find it. And what happens is, there is an eagle in the sky right now looking for sin so it can devour us looking for sin and as we repent as we go to God in contrition as we say we're sorry and, and repent and turn around God calls the eagle back Lord have mercy that the eagle that was looking for your stuff and my stuff all of a sudden turns around because we have chosen to repent do I have a witness? So, so one of the things that we're going to look at this morning, and uh, amen, you can get quiet because they got quiet this morning. I just kept on preaching, praise the name of Jesus. Amen. See, listen, listen, listen. A yielded pastor does not preach an imbalanced message. I'm not going to be up here every week about your blessings and your healings and your prosperity. You, you, uh, God wants you to look up but God wants you to look in. Can I get a witness? Doesn't he want you to look in? And you young people, God wants you to look in, inside of you, amen, as to what is sitting there existing. Too many church folk think that everything in the Bible applies to somebody else and not them. Do I have a witness? And, 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 and so these, these patriarchs, and I want to look at the patriarchs, turn back to Genesis Genesis is the first book in the Bible, and by the way, let me give you a little uh, uh, let me let me give you a little indicator about Genesis. 
Everything in Genesis, the word Genesis means beginning. Everything in Genesis is a beginning with the exception of God. In the beginning, God was already in place. Can I get a witness? In the beginning, God was already God. Do I have a witness? Then when you pull up to St. John chapter 1, verse 1, amen, in the beginning was the Word. Can I get a witness? Meaning that the Word, which is Jesus, was already in place before the beginning happened. Can I get a witness? He is the wasness of was. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Can I get a witness? So, so when we start looking at the eternality of God, all of those different parts of speech, the verbs and all that, they go out the window. God was here before anything else. And God's going to be here after everything else. He is both the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and he's the ending. He started it all and he's going to end it all. Can I get a witness? And so one of the things that we begin to see, turn to Genesis chapter uh, 12. These patriarchs are the fathers of our faith. And the word patri means father. Abraham's, Abram, uh, the word Abram means exalted father. And, and Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and even Job was a patriarch during this time. These patriarchs lived a long time. Abraham lived to be 175 when he died. And he is called, listen, the father of the faith. Now, now, now let me stop, pause, and park. Because I did a lot of uh, extra biblical study, a lot of uh, study on historicity here. And here's what both Joseph, the Jewish historian, as well as other people who have done massive studies in history. Um, the problem is that the very thing you and I are strong in will become your demise. Now, I'm, I'm pausing purposely. We are vulnerable to the very areas we're strong in. And let me tell you why. Because we become too, uh, we become too lack, we become too lackadaisical and we start thinking it's us when it's really God. Do I have a witness? So when we begin to look at these biblical characters and what I love about the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit wrote the Bible through 40 writers over 1600 years and the Holy Spirit tells us what he wants us to know but he tells us everything. He does not make an excuse for the mistakes of the people in the word. Are y'all getting this? And we, we, and we thank God. When you get to Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of fame of faith, there's nothing bad said about anybody in Hebrews 11 because the purpose of Hebrews 11 is to, listen, to highlight the fact that this is a hall of fame of faith and what everybody did that was pleasing to God. So we have to look, because no one scripture is of his own interpretation, we have to look at other places to determine truth. No one scripture amen, defines a whole doctrine. Can I get a witness? 
Yeah, yeah. I, and in other words, if I were to throw this at you, and I'm, 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 I'm testing the waters of your theology, if I preach on the love of God, I just can't go to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave. I, I just can't go there because Hebrews 12 says, whom he loves, he chastens. So chastening has to be part of the definition of love. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and so, child of God, when you look at this, this matter of collateral damage, collateral damage, um, we see a collateral damage to Abraham's rest. Let me stop. Well, his rest was crippled. Many of us, we don't have rest. It's hard for us to relax and let God be God. It's hard for us to take God at his word and uh, just shut the motor down and go to sleep. It's hard for us to be still and know that he's God. And I can tell you why. Me too. Because there is a collateral damage from our history. I am still, I am still suffering through things that I did 40 years ago. And I'm only 41. I'm still going through things I did in the world, things I did in my imagination, things I went out in the street and did. Can I get a witness? I got to fight Satan every day to stay above water. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Amen. Because, because the law of the harvest says, as a man sows, he reaps. Isn't that right? Yeah, in the name of Jesus. So, so, child of God, when we look at Abraham, if ever there was a defeat, and I want to look at some of this extra-biblical information that, uh, and I, I've taught this systematically in this church, that in Genesis chapter 11, that, that, that at the latter part of chapter 11 going to chapter 12, when God called Abram out of the Ur of the Chaldees, the word Ur denotes a hot spot, of partying, gambling, and illicit sex. Uh, when God called Abraham, listen to this, Abraham was rich, Abraham was relevant, Abraham was religious, Abraham was respected, but Abraham was lost. See, you can have all of the dainties of the world and go to hell. You can have it all together, amen, and go to hell. Jesus was given a parable on a rich man. And he said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Didn't he say that? And so, and so one of the things about Abraham is that it, at about 50 or 60 years of age, God called him out of the earth of the Chaldees. And listen to this. God, when God called Abraham, he took Sarai's wife. He took his uh, nephew Lot. He took a whole lot. Of, he took his father, Terah, with him. He left the Ur and got stuck in Haran. Okay. H-A-R-N in the Hebrew is, means a place of delay. We can be delayed by being disobedient. He spent the next, listen to this, 
and it, it varies depending on commentators. It is believed Abraham left the earth at 60 and could not leave Haran till he was 75. 15 years of his life out of the will of God. God never told him to stay in Haran. So God permitted his father Terah to die. And then Abraham got up. Listen, he moved. Listen, when he got up, he moved to a place called Shechem. The word Shechem in the Hebrew means a place of strength. It means shoulder. He started getting strength. And then he moved from Shechem to Morah, M-O-R-E-H in the Hebrew. Morah means a place of instruction. So he got some strength, he got some instruction, and then the Bible says in chapter 12, he pitched the tent, he built an altar, and he called upon the name of the Lord. Now he was back into fellowship. Do you know sometimes it takes years to get where God wants you to be? And um, the Bible lets us know that God wanted him to be a witness. God wanted him to be a word keeper. God wanted him to be a wonder, a wonder for the world. Uh, through him, God was going to reach all the Gentiles through his seed, and he was going to start a Jewish nation. Abraham was the father of Muslims, Christians, and Jews. We're going to get to that in a minute. All that. And, and, and so when we begin to look at this matter of just Abram, and, and I don't want you to turn there for the sake of time, but in, 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 uh, in Acts chapter 7, it gives us a historicity of the beginning of this nation that <clears throat> Acts tells us that Abram was called out of the Erdi to go not knowing where he was going. My God, that's deep. He never, he never at first went to Canaan. He went to all these other places. Amen. Then when you get to Hebrews, Hebrews highlights the travels of Abram and the, the trust. He believed God and God reckoned it for righteousness. But the strange things about biblical characters and they apply to us too, that what seems to be our strength becomes our struggle. Noah was a righteous man, but yet Noah came off the ark, got drunk, and exposed his naked self to his sons, which was a deplorable sin in God's sight. Moses was the meekest man on earth, humble. And yet Moses, out of pride, smit the rock twice. And the rock was Christ. When Moses took his staff and hit the rock twice, Israel was thirsty and Moses said, what do I have to do with you? Like he was supplying the water. He, out of pride, hit the rock twice. And when he hit the rock the second time, God says, you will never go in the promised land. Why? Because Jesus is the rock. And Jesus was only smitten once. Do I have a witness? This stuff is heavy. And, 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 and so, child of God, child of God, child of God, child of God, that um, here's Abram, and Abram is getting back 
or going into God's will and don't miss this chapter 12 is when he was called but test number one God tests him in chapter 13 God allows a famine to, to come up no food and instead of Abraham waiting there and praying and being still and saying, the Lord has led me to go towards Canaan and on my way, turn your neighbor and say, on my way. See, on your way, some things are going to happen that you and I didn't anticipate. I'm preaching already. God is going to allow some negative things to come up in your life as a test to what you're going to do. Do I have a witness? Y'all can get quiet if you want to. God, God let a famine come up, and instead of him praying to God and seeking God, he told his family, come on, we're going down into Egypt. Egypt denotes the world. Down geographically is right, according to all maps. He's going down into Egypt. But here's the collateral damage. As he goes down into Egypt, he lies about his wife because she's beautiful. Mm. This is my sister, so Pharaoh won't take her. He gathers all these goods and becomes richer where later on that's going to be a curse because the tribesmen of Lot and his tribesmen had conflict. But most of all, he exposed his wife to things God never wanted her exposed to. Men, be careful how you lead your family. Be very careful. I know the Bible calls you a head, a priest. Be careful. Because collateral damage is, it doesn't happen today, but something's going to happen later on. Amen. So when they got down into Egypt, not only did he get riches, and that sounds good, but it wasn't. It was a curse later on and whatnot. See, God did not want his people learning the ways of the wicked tribes. I don't want you with the Philistines and the Hittites and the Jebusites Amen, because they, they are wicked. Do I have a witness? And we got to be careful that we're in the world, but not of the world. Can I get a witness? God don't want you learning this culture to the point where you want to live it out. You are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a peculiar people. Can I get a witness? You got to be separate and distinct from, amen. And, and see, too many people in church want to be relevant. The Bible don't even preach on relevancy. Can I get a witness? We, we shouldn't try to be relevant with the world. We should see what the world is and pull back and trust the Lord and be righteous, not relevant. Yeah, y'all can't even say amen to that, but that's all right. I'll keep on preaching in the name of Jesus. What was it that damaged him later on? Well, I'm glad you asked. Guess what else his wife picked up in Egypt? A handmaid named Hagar. 
a 19-year-old fine Egyptian handmaid. No harm when you picked her up, but she's going to send your house to hell. It's tight. It's tight. My, this is tight. And you see, oh God. when they finally came out of Egypt, only because God troubled Pharaoh through a dream to let them go. And Pharaoh looked at uh, Abraham and said, why did you lie to me? That's your, that's your wife. That ain't your sister. Now, you know, it is pitiful when the world who's going to hell can rebuke a Christian who's going to heaven. That, that's, that's, a pitiful, that's a pitiful testimony. You know how they say it. I thought she was a Christian. Oh, this one is tight up in here. And, 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 so, and so, child of God, so, so, so child of God, uh, Paul uses this in Galatians 4 as an allegory, an illustration to denote two different covenants, Hagar, Amen, and Sarah, one's bond, bondage, one's free, one's law, one's grace, and, and, and he, one, one's flesh, one's spirit. So he talks about this collateral damage of Abraham, and I want you to, to see this for the sake of the sermon. Turn to chapter 16, because here it is. Here it is. Now Sarah, Sarai, Abraham's wife, now stop. It is said that Sarah was the, the most beautiful woman in all the Bible. Nobody could touch Sarah. She was it. She was the bomb. God had promised. Now, now wait a minute. I got, I got to go back. You read when you get home. Chapter 15. Chapter 14. Abraham rescues Lot, his, his nephew. And the five kings wanted to bless Abraham with a large blessing. He said, I don't want your money. Amen. I'm fine. I don't want your, uh, I don't want your, uh, you know, your, 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 your gifts. So he gets to chapter 15 and God said, I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Are y'all getting this? God just told him. God said, boy, chapter 15, Abraham and covenant, you will have a child. Now, wait a minute. At this point, Abraham is 86 years old. Abraham and Sarah is talking. Said, we know what God said, but let's look at this thing logically. We get no. We, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't produce no seed. We 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 can't uh we can't you know having a baby's out of the question now we 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 start to get old lord have mercy mm, jesus and what god does god allows your circumstances as a test to get illogical to get beyond what you can mentally accept. 
Boy, I'm preaching to somebody. And, and, and look, Abraham wasn't going to have a child until he was 99. So, it's, uh, uh, and, and, and when God makes a promise, he never delivers the time he makes the promise. There's always a delay. Say delay. And, 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 and delay is not denial. Delay means God wants you to wait a while. Why? I don't want to wait. Well, let me tell you, he doesn't want you to wait a while because of procrastination. He wants you to wait a while because of preparation. He's doing something in you when he makes you wait. That's why Isaiah said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. He'll mount them up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not get weary and walk and not faint. We don't like to wait. We live in this instantaneous world. We want it right now. This is a right now generation. Can I get I don't want to grow in no daggone relationship. Either the relationship is right when we started or it's not. Come on now, y'all know this generation. I don't want to wait and save money for a new home. Let's go for it right now. We can't afford it, but let's go for it. You work three jobs and I work three jobs. I'm preaching up in this place. All we got to do is just tell the kids we work it all the time and don't and stop paying your tithes to the church and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We going to make it. God's got us waiting for a reason. Do I have a witness? Mm. So, hmm. look what the Bible says. Don't turn. Proverbs 14.1. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish woman pulls it down with her own hand. Here's the compliment to Sarah. She never questioned her husband. Sarah called Abraham Lord. You don't hear any reluctance to where Abraham is taking her. You don't hear any rebuttal. And God bless Sarah for her submission. God will protect the woman that submitted to her husband. Not one A. One A, man. The world is a ghetto. Now, here in chapter 16, so Sarah comes up with this plan because God's taking too long. How many of y'all have felt that God is just taking too long? Now, please be honest. Raise your hand. If, please, yeah, don't lie in church. Go home and lie. Don't lie in church. And, and, and so, listen to this. <laughs> I'm going to preach, man. 
I, I, one thing about me, I'm a preacher where I don't give a kitty what anybody thinks. I'm, I'm a preacher where it You can forget that. They can be quiet from now on. I'm a preach. Hey, look. Now, Sarah, Abram's wife, bam, no children, and she had in handmaid an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. In other words, God ain't coming through. Excuse me. There's times in your life you saying in your spirit, God is not coming through. I pray thee, go into my handmaid. In other words, go on and have sex with her. Now, I, you know, I, you, you would think that Abraham would have said, uh, no, we better seek God's face. We better pray about this. <laughs> he ain't said nothing, Doc. <laughs> something, something about that wife's request is just going to go. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, and Abraham hearkened, here it is, he hearkened to the voice of his wife. Hmm, interesting. No, I ain't taking the trash out. No, I ain't paying all these bills. But what you say? <laughs> We're going to make this Bible come alive. Yeah. You're talking about a family feud. Yeah. These are the worst families in the Bible. And when fear and fracture and faithlessness sets in, we do the same thing. You don't be quoting no scripture when you all messed up in your mind. You don't, you don't be looking to the hills from whence cometh your help when all hell's breaking out in the marriage. Uh, I need to preach this thing up in here. Can I get a witness? Hey, hey, hey man, we, we don't open this Biblios, amen, at the right time. We, we already got the pre, pre, pre-settled answers. That, and the Bible says that Abraham took Hagar, the handmaid Egyptian, verse 3, and... had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband Abraham to be his wife. My God. Verse 3, we see a consensus. Verse 5, we see a contrition. Here's what she did in verse 5. She said, you know what? I was wrong. Give her credit. I was wrong. I bought all this hell in my own house. Wives, be careful about the hell you bring in your own house. Yeah. Now, why you loud on that? But you ain't loud on nothing else. Anyway, Moonray, see, I got to preach and look back. Every time I say something about the woman, he he gives lively counsel. Set down. Amen. All right, and so, so, so she, she deals in verse 6 with a conflict, amen, and, 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 and then the compromise in verse 15, and Hagar bare Abraham a son and called his name uh, Ishmael, the father of the Muslims. Here we go. See, a house divided cannot stand. 
Here comes, here comes Ishmael. Ishmael is probably 14 years old and Isaac. Did this change God's plan? Nope. At 99, here comes Isaac. And, and when you look at Romans and you look at Acts and you look at Hebrews and you look at Genesis, here's the miracle. God said that by faith, Sarah, Lord have mercy, actually resurrected her womb, which was dead. Ah, to be in line with the promises of Almighty God. Can I get a witness? I mean, you ladies know you got to have a menstrual when you have a baby. You got to, you, you, you know, a, a, your, your fallopian tube. I said across the Philippian tube. Your fallopian tube. Your, you, you know, you, you, there's a whole lot of things got to be happening in order to have a baby. Isn't that right? You got to have breasts. You got to have milk in your breast for the baby. Isn't that right? Doesn't, doesn't that come? For, you know, first, second, third trimester. Can I get a witness? Do, do I have a witness up in this house? Y'all ain't never had children? Praise the name of Jesus. And, 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 and so, child of God, uh, the Bible says that, amen, Abraham, amen, his collateral damage is that the reason they're fight, fighting in the Middle East today is because of Abraham's sin. The Jews and the Arabs are brothers. You ain't getting this. See, our collateral damage is when we think to do something that's right and later on we find out it caused more problems. And we all have collateral damage. So they, Abraham had no rest. He had no sense of rest, no sense of rest, no sense of rest because, listen, con conflict and confusion will kill your rest. There's some things we've done wrong raising our kids. But some of us are too prideful to go back and say, baby, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. This, this one's tight too. Some of us are only models of our parents. Jesus. Collateral damage is we don't experience it when it happens. It's going to hang around. Can I get a witness? It's going to hang in there. It's going to come back. And, and, and so the collateral damage of Abraham's life was that he, now, now don't get me wrong, because this is going, and when you get to chapter 22, it's giving. God comes back with test number two. All right, give your son. Give your son up. Remember Isaac? He was, he was faithful in doing that. He had walked with God and whatnot. God is asking us to go and give. Praise his name. And, and we got to know that we have some collateral damages, attitudes, actions, mindsets, words, things we did that disturbed the territory. Call collateral. Collateral. Look at a second incident here. Oh, you know, we'll come back. You'll shadow on the way out. Look at this. Praise the name. We, we see a collateral damage to Jacob's reassurance. Now, if ever there was a rascal in Scripture, turn to chapter 27 of Genesis. Come on now. should be there already. 27. Jacob's, Jacob was a scoundrel. He was a slickster. He was a con artist. 
He was a stealer. He was a politician. Satan uses our history, our hurts, our habits, our hang-ups. Amen. And, and, and what Satan was doing, what Satan was doing, uh, beginning in, in Genesis 25, 21, don't turn there, is that there's a plea to the Lord by Isaac for a child. A amen. Then there's a plight. And then his own mother agreed to lie with him. We see deception. We see he lied to his father. His father was on his deathbed, half blind, and told his father, I'm Esau. Give me the blessing. And he said, you're not Esau. I don't feel no hair. He went out and his mother pasted hair on his arm to deceive his father. It's in the Bible. Can I get a witness? And then Jacob, listen, I, I, I mean not Jacob, Isaac blessed him, gave him Esau's blessing. Esau was his twin brother. Amen. And even in the womb, there was contention in the womb. Some of us are just full of hell. That's why I'm so hard as past. I don't fool with that. You only bring to church what you are at home. And we love you. We love, I love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. You full of agitation. Nothing's right. Nobody's right. <laughs> you got something to say about everything. Isn't the Christmas tree beautiful? Yeah, well, they could have did another color. Phone with you. I ain't 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 phone with you. That's why the electric bill's high. You got all these lights in here. <laughs> now, if I was still in the world, I have some choice words for you, but it wouldn't be too long either. But listen, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Woo! We love you. These twins were two different entities, two different designs. Esau was a, a man. Esau was not a Jew. Uh, 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 Jacob, a man, was full of corruption, full of calculation, full of uh, negative circumstances. He was a trap. He deceived his father. He manipulated his brother. Amen. And, and to the point that now Esau wants to kill him. Can I get a witness? And, 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 chi and child of God, child of God, child of God, child of God, he, he, he represents everything. We see the, we see the, uh, 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 we see the sins of Jacob in chapter 27. Deceptive. Some people are just deceptive. Speak out of both sides of your mouth. Amen. Old preacher told me, son, when people come up to you and say, you know, pastor, we love you, we for you, don't pay it no mind. It's not what they say privately. It's what they say publicly. Amen. See, my former, my former elders, they were battle tested. Some of these ain't been battle tested. When the battle starts, I don't know what side you're going to take. In the name of Jesus. It's tight, but it's right. And, you know, and, 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 and see, the thing is that, hallelujah, when you begin to look at this collateral damage of Jacob, and I want you to see, uh, he flees, he's running, he's, he's full of trickery, he's full of Hidden motives. Amen. He's got this stuff. He 
we see the sins of Jacob, chapter 27. Chapter 28, we see the saving of Jacob. Chapter 29 to 32, we see the subduing of Jacob. Chapter 23, uh, uh, 33 to 34, we see the separating of Jacob. And then chapter 35, we see the sanctifying of Jacob. What is it that's in this 28th chapter? Jacob is running because Esau is going to kill him. Esau got like 400 men. Yeah, I'll, when I catch you, I'm going to kill you. And by the way, and this is to the mothers, his mother and him never saw each other again. God took her. She died. Rebecca died. Once she sent him out to run, that was it. Relationship was over. He is running to Pandanaram. He gets to Pandanaram, and now collateral damage. We do reap what we sow. Don't let anybody fool you. Don't let anybody fool you, Doc. You cannot get away with something spiritually. God sees everything. God hears everything. God knows everything. And God's judging everything. Do I have a witness up in the house? See, it ain't you. Look, I could, I could lose most of y'all going around the block. I'm dead serious. I can lose most of y'all going around black because I lived that slick life from South Philly in the streets. I know how to lie. I know how to cheat. I know how to maneuver. It's God. It's God who's everywhere at the same time. Beholding the good and the evil. Isn't that in the Bible? And, 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 so, and, so, and so, child of God, child of God, I want you to see this. Chapter 28, Jake, Jacob is running, Jacob is running, Jacob is running, and he falls down at night. He's scared, and he starts dreaming. Pandanaram, on a rock. Here comes God. God, 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 God comes to us while we're still running because he's a graceful God. Can I get a witness? While, while, while we still in our sin, God, uh, uh, the Bible says Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. See, that's why I praise his name. He didn't wait on me to get right. He came after me when I was still wrong. Can I get a witness? That's why he's worthy because he saved us from the guttermost to the uttermost. He's, he's sleeping, and he has a dream about, listen to this, angels running up and down a ladder. Now, the ladder was Jesus. John 1.51, put that scripture down, don't turn. Jesus said that the angels are coming and going because of him. Yes, one commentator said this, I got to share this with you. The hangout for the angels is earth. They hang out down here. Peter says the angels keep looking at the women to see if they're going to submit. Because they understand what happened in the garden. The angels don't want no close fellowship with any saint living in sin. 
That's why they told Lot, we don't want to come in your house. We, we don't want to fellowship, but just get your stuff and let's go. Isn't that deep? Right now, as I preach, angels are all in here. And you know what? You bought one with you. Because we are the heirs of salvation. And every Christian has at least one angel. Can I get a witness? Oh, this thing is too deep for you. But child of God, when you was in that car accident, when you was in that house fire, when you was in Vietnam, when you got shot at, your angel was protecting you. Jesus gave your angel instructions to bring you back home safely through many dangers, toils, and snares. I've already come. You know the story about Elisha and his servant. They're walking and, and the Amalekites and all these different armies are coming over the hill. And the servant said, Master, look at the enemy. What are we going to do? And Elisha said, boy, be quiet. There's more for us than against us. And then Elisha said, Lord, open this boy's eyes. And when the Lord opened his eyes, there was 10,000 times 10,000 times 10,000 with their swords drawn. You got power. Every time you sleep, your angel's over your bed so that demons can't get to you. Every time you walk the street, your angels are in the street. Can I get a witness? Every time you feel discouraged and giving up, that angel is right beside you. Can I get a witness? God is worthy. Y'all gonna make me run around this church. I, I'm, I'm about to cry. You, you know why? Because I've been in some stuff that I shouldn't have got out of. Can I get a witness? I, I've been, excuse me. I've been in some stuff that I should be dead this morning. But God, but God, but God, who's rich, any rich, he's rich in mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of y'all had needles in your arms. Some of y'all had cocaine in your nose. Some of y'all was about to lose it. And God showed up. Did he show up? He showed up in the nick of time. That's why David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a mighty God. We serve. Hallelujah. When you get down, when you
you feel like complaining, think about where the Lord bought you from. Thank you. I got to come in now. I got to come in now. I got to come in now. But this boy, Jacob, slander and slickster, can I get a witness? Had a dream about angels while he was on a run. Can I get a witness? Can God speak to us while we're still on a run? Can God communicate us when we're about to cut it all out? The Lord is mighty good. But then <laughs> uh, uh, he, he met up with his match Laban. And his uncle cheated him. His uncle outslicked him. You know, God's got somebody. If you don't stop slicking in you, do I have a witness? And he had to marry Leah before Rachel. He worked 21 years for Rachel. Can I get a witness? And while he was leaving to go back into Canaan, God met him one night in a wrestling match. Can I get a witness? It was the pre-incarnate Christ. And when Jesus was wrestling with him, Jesus said, let me go. Daybreak is coming. Can I get a witness? But Jacob understood how messed up he was, how broken he was, how battered he was, how brittle he was. And he said, Lord, I will not let you go until you bless me. Do I have a witness? See, child of God, you can't let the Lord go until he does something for you. Can I get a witness? And child of God, the Bible says that God threw his hip out of joint. Can I get a witness? Sometimes the Lord's got to hurt you to help you. Can I get a witness? They was in a close wrestling match. We got to wrestle in prayer. We got to wrestle through conflict. We got to wrestle through hell. But I dare you to hold on to his unchanging hand. Can I get a witness? And he may not come when you want him. But always right on time. And as they were wrestling, and as he threw his hip out of joint, can I get a witness? Uh, Jacob ended up with a limp. And all of a sudden, God said, boy, let me tell you what I just did for you. That limp will make sure you never walk independently of my will. That limp, <laughs> yeah, will make sure you never run out again. Some of us keep running. Every time difficulty comes in your life, you want to run. Sometimes you just got to be still and know that he is God. Can I get a witness? So God threw his hip out of joint. Said, now I'm going to change your name from Jacob, Supplina, Slickster, Con Otters, to Israel, Prince, and Governor for God. Can I get a witness? But child of God, as we close, the brothers... Amen of Joseph. They were a slick crew.
They lied to the father. They threw him in a pit because they were jealous of Joseph. You know, jealousy is a deep thing. Can I get a witness? They threw him in a pit and then he went to prison. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, well, why did he go to prison? Because Potiphar's wife, she was fine. She tried to get fresh with Joseph. She said, boy, come on and lie with me. And the Bible says he left her clothes in her hand and ran out the room. And she said that he tried to rape her. They put him in jail for two years. Can I get a witness? Uh, there's some men on the sound of my voice. You wouldn't have ran nowhere. You wouldn't have ran from. You would have ran too. Can I get a witness? But God is good. And then Joseph was in the prison. But the Bible says, but the Lord was with him. And when the Lord is with you, he's more than the world against you. Can I get a witness? And the Bible says that God finally brought him out of jail, put him second in command. And in chapter 50, Joseph said, he asked the question, am I not in the place of God? All of this persecution the pit, the prison, and the palace was part of God's plan. Can I get a witness? Y'all ain't getting this. But God is true to his word. Isn't he true? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Can I get a witness? But as I close, I know we've had some fallout. I know we've had, uh-huh, some collateral damage, but our God is so good that he says, I'm not going to let Raymond Gordon <laughs> reap everything he sowed. I think I'm going to step in, and I'm going to be a God for him. So in Psalm 34, 19, it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all not one of his bones is broken can I get a witness Psalm 41 says I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry and listen to this he brought me up out of a horrible pit and set my feet on a rock can I get a witness Hallelujah. Psalm 51, 12. Uh, David said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Can I get a witness? Well, preacher, what are you saying? Yes, there's collateral damage, but God steps in. And out of his mercy, he starts erasing the damage that would come back to us. He starts moving us out where we will have the victory. Can I get a witness? That's why the psalmist said, I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Again, I say wait. Can I get a witness? He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor has he rewarded us according to our iniquities. The Lord is good. Any good? He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Stand on your feet.
as every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you need to be saved, raise your hand and come on up here right now. Jesus died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. If you need to be saved, bus ministry, need to be saved. Come on up, step out. If you need to be saved, Jesus died for all your sins, was buried, and rose again. If you need to be saved, Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. He's been too good. He's done too much for me. If you want to join this church here, Christian Experience, come on up here. Thank you, my brother. Stand right here. Oh, praise Jesus. Come on, stay with us. Praise Jesus. Then another. Step out. Step out. Step out. Step out. Step out. You want to be saved? Jesus died, was buried, and rose again with all power in his hands. ABC, admit, believe, and confess. Ask Christ to come to your life. Do you want to be saved or join the church and Christian schools? Listen, let me say this to you. When you know that you should be dead, some of y'all put a lot of stuff in your body. You could have had poison. You could have OD. You could have got shot. Can I get a witness? But God, who's rich, isn't he rich? He's rich in mercy. He's rich. He's rich. He's rich. I've been shot at from the back. Heard the gun. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm running away. A gang caught me and threw me against the wall and pulled out a butcher knife and the boy was going to stab me in my back. This was in 66. And the boy said, don't stab him. That wasn't that boy. That was Jesus. Are y'all, are y'all getting this? Are y'all getting this? When I, listen to this. I'm going to let you go. When I think about the car accidents, the house fires, the time you could have lost your mind. You didn't have no food. You didn't have no shelter. You, your family was acting a fool. Your marriage was in trouble. Your mind was messed up. When I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. God bless you, ministers. Thank you. Praise Jesus. We love you. 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 Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, collateral damage will catch up with us later. But God steps in and removes out of his love stuff that we deserved. That's why we praise his name. Hallelujah. Get a lot of hand clap. 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 Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, praise you, and exalt you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Thank you for these biblical accounts of failure, fractures, Oh God, faithlessness, that you came at the end and made all things well. We glorify the name of Jesus. 
because it's only you that we're standing this morning. Bless the food that has been prepared for the discipleship uh, function and bless our visitors and just have your way, Lord God. As we go out the door, let us know that all of us have collateral damage. We've damaged others. We've damaged family. We've damaged feelings. But God, you are so faithful. Forgive us of our sins. Sanctify us and help us. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. See you Wednesday. Next Sunday, we're dressed down. Jai, boy.